Thank you, Jonathan. Wasn't that incredible? It was lovely just to hear those words again sung so beautifully for us. Are we feeling Christmassy? If we weren't, maybe um, this afternoon, a few hours ago, then hopefully we are starting to feel a Christmassy now. It's wonderful to sing some of those uh, just well-loved carols, isn't it? And we've got a few more, don't worry, we've got a few more to come in just a moment. One of the ways, I think, um, another way that we, we often feel Christmassy is um, many of us may have been to a school nativity this year. Have we been to any school nativities? Anyone got young children or grandchildren? Or maybe some of us have been in a school nativity? Some people down the front here have been in one. Brilliant. Have we seen any um, particularly different nativities this year? I've, I was speaking to someone earlier in the week and they said they went to a nativity where there was alien number 17. <laughs> I don't know when um, alien number 17 visited the baby Jesus, but um, nevertheless, it's a new one on me. I've seen lobsters and cats and, and everything else. I feel kind of sorry for teachers at this time of year if you have to come up with a fresh interpretation every year and involve 30, 32, 30, however many children. But it's a tough job, but um, it keeps it fresh, doesn't it, if nothing else. I don't know if you can cast your mind back um, to when you were at primary school and the chance to be in the nativity um, was dangled in front of you. At my school, at least, um, there was a really clear hierarchy of roles that you might want to get. So obviously, number one, the top, the top tier roles were the roles of Mary and Joseph. Obviously, you're the stars, aren't you? You're the ones that get to go on the donkey. I don't know how that works. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And you get to make your way to Bethlehem. You get to sit at the front. You get to have the baby Jesus. People take the most photographs of you. And after all, you are the chosen ones. You are the ones who are chosen to be the parents of God's own son. It's the highest role. Basically, in primary school terms, you're superstars. It's brilliant. And I read in the news recently, I don't know if anyone else saw this article, that people who were Mary and Joseph in their primary school nativity are more likely in later life to be financially successful. <laughs> so if there wasn't enough... I know. I don't know how they did that research, but if there wasn't enough pressure on parents to get good grades and everything else for their children, you've got to get Mary and Joseph, otherwise, you, you know, your retirement, that's not, that's not going to go so well for you, is it? Anyway, who knew? So, after Mary and Joseph, after Mary and Joseph, the next best roles in my school were the roles of the angels. The angels, especially if you're maybe in my school anyway, if you were a girl, you got to wear the white, flowing, pretty dress, you got wings, which are great, you got to get the tinsel out and put it in your hair, it's scratchy, but it doesn't matter because you look pretty good when you're six years old with tinsel in your hair, it was amazing. So the angels came next, then after the angels had some wise men or kings, I was speaking to someone who was a king in their nativity a minute ago. The kings are great because you get the um, velvety cloak, you get the crown, and if you're the, the one with the gold, in my school, you got gold chocolate coins, and no one really noticed if there were slightly fewer gold coins <laughs> at the end of the nativity to if they were at the beginning, your quid's in. Then after that, so you've got the, the wise men, then you've got the innkeeper, or 
often Mrs. Innkeeper, that happened quite a lot, and then the donkey, maybe there were several donkeys and other farmyard animals. But the role that no one, no one ever wanted was the role of the shepherd. In my school, you got maybe a line if you were lucky. The costumes were the worst ones. They were really ropey, they were old. And the obligatory tea towel headdress. We remember them, right? So, just to set the scene, I think it was probably about the 1992 school nativity. There I was, it was mid-November. We were gonna get the pieces of paper today with our role for this year on it. And I was like all the other girls in my class, Mary or an angel, don't mind, Mary or an angel, that's all I want, that's what's gonna make me happy this Christmas. So the anticipation, it grew, everyone was very excited, opening their bits of paper. And to this day, I can remember the earth-shattering, crushing disappointment when my bit of paper that I opened up read the words, Shepherdess number three. <laughs> and just to be clear, that was three out of three. I was the last shepherdess. So I hated Fiona, she got to be Mary. I hated her, we were never friends again. <laughs> the angels with their tinsel had enough of them as well. I hated the stupid costume. And even age six, I had a very oversized head, so it wouldn't stay in place. It was a nightmare. I knew from that day onward, my acting career was never going to take off. It was not going well for me. <laughs> never mind, I clearly got over it. That's why I'm here talking to you all about it this evening. But little did I know at the time that I was not the first person to dislike shepherds. Because around the time that Jesus was born, shepherds were also very, very unpopular people. Let's get rid of any sort of cutesy images that we have on our Christmas cards or in our nativity scenes. These guys had a tough job and they had a tough life. You know, they never really settled into communities because of the demands of their work. So people didn't really trust them. They were seen as suspicious and very untrustworthy. I don't know what the equivalent is today, but back then there was this sense of, well, you could never really trust a shepherd. I wonder who that is today in our society. They were also dirty, smelly people because they lived outside all of the time with their sheep. They didn't get to go home for a quick bath, even every couple of weeks or so. They were not clean people. You'd know when a shepherd was coming. The stench would come first, and then the shepherd would come following it. And because they were dirty, um, and they were considered to be shady people, they were also considered outsiders. They didn't fit into decent society. They were the butt of your jokes. You wouldn't want your daughter marrying a shepherd. They were lowlifes. So it's pretty surprising that shepherds, of all people, make it with their headdresses, their tea towels, into these nativity plays year after year. But no more surprising than the fact that a group of shepherds, tired, cold, isolated, were greeted 
by this multitude of angels singing to them on a hillside outside a small Middle Eastern town 2,000 years ago, which had no particular significance, and telling them that they should go and meet the saviour of the world who has just been born. What does this tell us about the character of God, that shepherds of all people should be the first to hear of the birth of God's own son. The one who we've heard described as the light of the world, the wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, the king of kings. That's who he's been described as throughout the readings we've heard this evening. What does this tell us about who God prioritises, who God notices. Well, it tells me that God sees things very differently from how you and I see things. It tells me that God looks beyond labels. It tells me that smelly outsiders matter to God. Because they're on this hillside in the middle of the night. It's shepherds who are first invited to go and meet with God himself in human form. It's not politicians. It's not celebrities. It's not religious leaders even. It's not the clever people, the holy people, the people who are good and clean and upright And they go, don't they? They go. It says they go with haste. They go quickly. And they go to, we're not sure exactly what it was. It might have been a stable. It might have been a barn or even a cave or a backyard. They go where there are more smelly, dirty animals like the ones they've been looking after. There's a feeding trough. There's a couple of teenagers who are overwhelmed and exhausted And you know, I wonder if this is part of God's plan too. Because they go to a place where they're not going to feel ashamed. They're not going to feel embarrassed or uncomfortable. Because it's not a palace, is it? It's not a fancy house or any other place where shepherds don't belong. It's not a place they would need to get cleaned up before they go inside. The smell of the cattle and the hay would have just matched their own smells. There's nothing about this scene that would make them feel like they didn't belong there or they had any reason to feel uncomfortable. Apart from right there in the middle, there's this tiny baby, the promised one, God born in human flesh whose arrival has just been announced by this heck of a lot of angels. Now, have you ever wondered why God went to such an effort with the angels, the miracles, the sending Jesus into this smelly, grotty mess? And what came after for Jesus himself? He grows up, doesn't he? He teaches, but he is betrayed and tortured And then he is killed in a brutal way. Have you ever wondered, why did God bother with all of this? 
Now, for some of us, we may have grown up with this sense that, do you know what God wants from us? The one thing that God really wants is obedience. He wants us to do what he says. And that's why um, we, we do what we do, and we need to be obedient. We need to do what he asks of us. We need to be perfect robot creatures who never mess up, who eat boring food, who drink boring drinks, who have boring jobs and boring lives, and just do what we're told. But the reason that the Bible says that God goes to such an effort, the reason why God sent Jesus is not so we become obedient. It's so that we come into a relationship with him. That is the reason God bothers. He wants a relationship with us. And like all real, loving, deep relationships, there aren't any shortcuts. We know that, don't we, from our own lives. If you think for a moment about the relationships that you have right now with people who matter most to you, they require sacrifice. They require patience. They require us to give something of ourselves to the person we want to be in a relationship with. And that's what God does. God gives himself. He gives us Jesus and invites us into a relationship with him. That's what God wants. And this invitation isn't just for the righteous people. It's not just for clean, pure, holy, church-going, never-done-anything-wrong-in-my-life people. It's an invitation for outsiders. It's an invitation for dodgy characters. It's an invitation for smelly lowlifes. It's an invitation for you and me in our darkest moments when we feel like we're all alone. It's for us when we really mess up and we don't believe that there will ever be a way back. It's for us when we feel excluded and marginalized and like we don't belong. Because it was an invitation for shepherds, wasn't it? So it's an invitation for all of us. It says, come to me, here I am. I want to know you, I want to be known by you. You don't need to get cleaned up first. You just need to come. Don't be on your best behavior. Don't pretend like you've got everything sorted because I have come to you in the middle of life's mess. So that's the promise of Christmas. That is the good news. That's why we gather here again this year to celebrate. God has come to us. The shepherds, they said yes to the invitation, didn't they? They said yes. And we all have a response to make. Are we going to say yes? What are we going to do? Now, if what I've been sharing this evening is something that resonates with you, maybe for the first time, maybe exploring what it means to be in a relationship with God who sent Jesus into the world for, um, for our sakes is something that you would like to explore uh, um, a bit further, 
Then we have got um, a course called Alpha, which is starting at the end of January. We would love to invite you to. And we're just going to watch a really short video that explains a little bit about what Alpha is.